We're so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Um, the Bible reading is uh, 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 to 12. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. <laughs> All right, so what I want to talk to this morning is um, about God's love. So we've had that bit of a theme happening this morning. But first of all, I just want to tell you that I love Turkish Delight. If ever I went to Narnia, I'd be locked up right next to Edmund, I'm afraid. <laughs> I also love my husband. I love my children. I love Pride and Prejudice, the Colin Firth and Jennifer Ely version, of course. Love in different forms and quite different from each other. But in English, we only have one word for all those different relationships, which is love. In English, we use the word love to mean very, very different things. In Greek which the New Testament was originally written in, we've got a few different words. There's eros, which is romantic love, philia, which is the love of friends, philautia, which is self-love, to name a few. God's love in the New Testament is called agape. Agape is God's incredible love for us. It's unselfish and wholly looking towards our needs. It's given with no expectation of return and it's dependable and we can rely on it. Last weekend, we remembered and celebrated an act of agape so huge that it changed the world. God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for us and he rose to life so that we could have eternal life with him. And that's the supreme act of agape. Have you ever been on the receiving end of an act of agape from another Christian? I have been on many, many occasions, more than I could ever, ever deserve, and I wonder how it makes you feel when someone gifts you an act of love with no expectation of anything in return. How does it feel when you show agape towards someone else? I've been thinking about this over the last month or so and I felt really compelled to share some of my journey over the last 20 years with you this morning. Um, it's not going to be easy for me to get through and I may blub. In fact, I'm starting to already. Um, but it's a testament to how loved I feel by my church family that I'm in a place where I can now share this. I'm sorry if I touch on anything that may be a trigger for you. Um, myself and the other elders will be available after the gathering time to pray with you if you need it afterwards, if, um, especially if I've touched a bit of a raw spot, I'm afraid. So let's pray as I begin. Dear Lord, I pray that as I speak this morning, your words will come out of me regardless what, of what I've already prepared to say. May everyone hear the message you have for them, regardless of what I may say. I thank you for this amazing church family 
And I pray for your blessing upon each one of them this morning. Amen. So I want to focus on that incredible love of God um, and the love amongst us as the body of Christ this morning. But as I said, I want to start by sharing some of the love that God has shown to us. It's a bit of a sum up and the events might come a bit thick and fast, but if I told you everything that's happened, we'd be here for the next week. So here goes. Um, In April 2001, almost 20 years ago to the day, we lost Neil's dad to Alzheimer's. A few days later, a dearly beloved dog died. Shortly after that, we found out we were expecting our third daughter. Whilst pregnant with her, Neil was diagnosed with a relapse of a life-threatening blood disorder. He spent a lot of time in hospital undergoing tests and chemo. He was finally given the all clear on his blood disorder a few days before our daughter Leah was born in January 2002. But because of the chemo, we were told we probably wouldn't have more children. On the day she was born by electus caesarean, my sister had gallbladder surgery. There were complications and they nearly lost her in the operating theatre and so began investigations into what went wrong. We were working in full-time ministry at the time and we were told that as of the end of that month, there would be no money left to pay us. Then at the end of January, we were told they had enough to pay us for another two months till the end of March. On the 20th of March 2002, we woke up to find that our daughter Leah had died through the night. She was nine weeks and four days old. We'd put her to bed perfectly healthy and sometime through the night her body had switched off and she died of what we now know was sudden infant death syndrome. Her death certificate has her cause of death written as unknown. The day before Leah's funeral the following week, my sister was diagnosed with terminal cancer, which she'd battled for the next seven and a half years. A few days after Leah's funeral, we lost our job and had to move. After six months of doing volunteer work and living on unemployment benefits, we got another job and moved again. The day we moved, Neil had to go and fight a bushfire and was there overnight. And the following day, the most horrendous storm I've ever seen hit. We lost three quarters of the trees on the property, roofs off buildings and so on. That's how bad it was. At one stage, while holding our two girls in the hallway... I realised they were screaming, but the storm was so loud I couldn't hear them. It was utterly terrifying. Five weeks later, the 2003 bushfires began and lasted for a month. Neil was on crew almost immediately and I had to get our two girls to our family in Canberra. At one stage, we were in the middle of two fire fronts, Neil out on fire crew, me hosing down two houses helping to feed the fire crew and at one stage rushing our boss's elderly mum to hospital. In March 2003, on the first anniversary of Leah's death, I had a breakdown. Probably no surprise there. Later that year, in October, we had a miscarriage. It was a mixed bag of emotions. Devastation at losing another child, but a little joy because we had conceived after being told we probably probably would never have another child. Of our two children that have gone to heaven, sometimes I've found this one to be the hardest. We had no funeral and no acknowledgement that this baby even existed. In November 2004, James was born. 
My body was still grieving so badly that my milk didn't come in and James quickly became malnourished and sick and spent a month in hospital and we nearly lost him several times. In 2006, while pregnant with Mim, we lost our job and the house that went with it and had to move two times in a month. The second move was to Yass. A week later, I was in hospital with a heart condition due to the pregnancy. In 2012, we lost my grandma, a dear friend, and my sister to cancer within six months. In the 15 years we've been in Yass and coming to Yass Community Baptist, I've had nine surgeries, including reconstructive surgery on both feet. Each time I was in plaster for eight weeks and then in a moon boot as I slowly learnt to walk on my new feet. Months of physio and a follow-up surgery on each foot. My surgery said it would be two years recovery for each foot and he was pretty spot on. Somewhere in all of that, Neil has had more kidney stones than I could possibly count and surgeries of his own. I had another breakdown requiring time in hospital. We've raised four kids, two with juvenile arthritis and one with ADHD. And I myself have two autoimmune diseases which I battle with each day while my rheumatologist tries to find a treatment that might help. And a year and a half ago, Neil's mum passed away. So what on earth has that got to do with God's love? Well, I can tell you most assuredly that I would not be here today without it. Life has been hard. The levels of stress and anxiety so high and the depths of depression at times so deep that I would not have survived had it not been for God's faithfulness and the love he has shown to me, often through my brothers and sisters in Christ. My journey is an example of what Christian community and God's love can achieve. In the moments after Leah's death, Neil and I felt the warmest, fluffiest, cosiest blanket being wrapped around us and a crystal clear voice saying these words, it's going to be okay. Moments earlier, I'd been plunged into the worst grief I have ever felt, but God's love was there. He wrapped his loving arms around us and told us it was going to be okay. As it turned out, at that same moment, a friend had a vision of Leah being held lovingly in the wings of an angel, not knowing that she had passed away. At Leah's funeral, we sang the song, The Power of Your Love, which says in it, and as I wait, I'll rise up like the eagles. Once the funeral was over, we went outside to release balloons. There in the sky, above the city, was a wedge-tailed eagle soaring. God had sent us an eagle to remind us that we could soar if we relied on him and hoped in him. God's words at her death, the vision of our friend and the eagle he sent us, have got us through everything. In the depths of grief, we could be joyful, thankful and hopeful and just knowing that God loved us in that moment. God has also shown his love to us through others. Later on in the morning of Leah's death, the detective who came was a Christian brother. The love and care he showed us as he questioned us will never be forgotten. We were living out near Wejasper at the time and going to a church in North Belconnen. We rang our associate pastor, who I was close to, to let her know what had happened. 
We decided to head to my parents' place in Canberra to be with family and to be in town so that we could plan Leah's funeral. By the time we got to Canberra, our pastor and another lady from church had left a batch of homemade biscuits on the doorstep. Another lady uh, um, and another lady dropped flowers shortly after. They also helped us plan and pay for the funeral. And more and more and more flowers kept coming. Several Christian friends had a really strong urge to pray for us, even before they knew what had happened. Other Christian friends helped care for Hannah and Rachel. I knew if I looked at Dan, I'd lose it. Hannah was four and Rach was two when Leah died. They both remember mummy screaming that morning. But because of the love and care shown to them by our Christian brothers and sisters, our girls have almost all good memories of that time. A friend came within minutes and took them to have breakfast. Our girls will never forget that day because that's the first day that they ever got to eat Nutella. (laughs) Thanks, Dan. Over the next week, other friends came and took the girls to the park. They did colouring, painting and freed us up to do what we needed to do. Incidentally, this had a bit of an unwanted effect on our two girls. They realised that because of Leah's death, people would do anything for them. For several months, they would get a sticker or a lolly or some treat from random shopkeepers when we went to town for shopping. They had worked out that playing the dead sister card, people gave them stuff. <laughs> Me, in my grief, was a bit oblivious to it, all, to it all and just thought there were lots of nice people out there. I finally caught them one day going up to a shop assistant, holding hands and with a sad face, which they'd been perfecting, they said, our sister died. Let me tell you, that was the last day that they ever did that. <laughs> But they did it because they had come to expect love from other people because of the love that had been shown to them. God's love has been shown to us by Christian friends helping us in all our moves. We've come home to find bags of groceries on the front porch, always on weeks when we had no money for food or have been invited to meals, even without telling people how bad things were in the past. We've had envelopes of money left in our letterbox when we've been in great need. Someone gave us money the year we had a year 10 and a year 12 formal in the same month for our girls. And it enabled us to buy things we couldn't have afforded otherwise, like getting their hair done. Trivial in the grand scheme of things, but it meant they fitted in with their friends and were able to have a special day. God's love's been shown to us even through the trivial things. When we went into full-time ministry... Christian friends told us they'd support us by giving us $50 a month. It was never sent monthly, but every so often we'd get a cheque for three or $400. It always came in time, just before we needed it. Those friends and others with holiday homes have given us a week here and there for a holiday, providing us with much-needed break. God's love's always come in time for that as well. In full-time ministry, we were living and working with other Christians. We ate meals together, prayed together, cared for one another's kids. Yeah, there were personality clashes and all that sort of stuff, and it could be hard, 
But overall, it was such an incredible blessing to love and do life so closely with those people. When we came to Yass, Christian friends gave us our van, insisting that God had told them to give it to us. Shortly after that, our first van died beyond repair and the new van had come just in time. I'm ashamed to say that God's timing has made me a little bit of a suspicious person. If ever we get a bit of a bonus or a gift these days, my first thought is, well, that's great, God, but what's going to go wrong now? (laughs) But that's just because God's timing is always perfect. After my surgeries, we've been shown love through meals, lifts to appointments, lifts to the heated pool so I could do my rehab exercises and also care for our kids. The list goes on and on. A short summary of what we've been through doesn't really do justice to the pain and stress we've been through. But God has been with us every single step of the way. God's been faithful to us. He has loved us so much and used his body of believers to love and care for us every single day. He's shown us his agape love through the cross, through acts of loving kindness and has surrounded us throughout our lives. Mim read to us from 1 John 4, verses 9 to 12 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loves us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is agape. God showing his love to us and us showing love to one another. Agape is the essential nature of God. While God is independent in the sense of not needing anything else for his existence, this doesn't mean he's aloof or indifferent or unconcerned. God relates to us but by his choice, not because he is compelled by some need. He acts and relates to us because he is love. He is agape. Agape is a noun and referenced over 200 times in the New Testament. That's how important it is. John wants us to know that God is love and God chooses to love. 1 John 4, 8 can be read as God is agapos, which meant means God is love. He is the source and the nature of that agape love. We as humans often use the word if. I will see next week if I'm not sick. I will retire if I have enough superannuation. If all goes well, I will study next year. With God, we can't say God will love us if. God is and will be love. He is, he always will be. There's nothing in this world that can alter the outcome. God is love. Interestingly, in the New Testament, agape is a noun, as I said. God is love. God doesn't have to do in order for him to be. God doesn't have to show us love in order for him to be love. He chose to send his son for us that first Easter because that's who he is. His nature is love. This agape is shown to us by God. God chooses to love us. Because his very nature is love, he chooses to love and shows us this love through the cross. 
John wrote the Gospel of John and this letter that Mim read from this morning. And I love that chapter 3, verse 16 in the two books line up. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 1 John 3, 16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. God's love is unselfish. Agape is unselfish. Agape is all about the needs of others without any selfish intent. God doesn't need us to love him back in order for him to show us agape. Agape puts others first in all things without anything needed in return. In John 3.16, we hear of God's agape love. God loved the world so much that he sent his only son to die for us. Jesus died on the cross to save us from eternal death. In Gethsemane, the night before Jesus died, he prayed to God and in Luke 22.42 we read, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. The next day, Jesus showed us what agape love is by dying on the cross. God shows us his agape love, but it isn't just something that might happen or could happen. It is something we can rely and depend on. We can trust in it. 1 John 4, 16 says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. We can rely on God's agape because he is agape. One of the sermons that has had the greatest impact on my Christian journey was given by Nick some years ago where he challenged us to think of ourselves as saints and not sinners. If we believe in what Christ did for us on the cross, we have been washed clean of our sins and our old life has gone and we've been made new. At the end of times when we stand before God's throne, he will see us through that lens of Christ. He will not look at us as sinners but as saints. For many years in my life I felt like I was going to fall some through fall through some salvation loophole because I was going to do something wrong that God just couldn't quite get over and I'd get in trouble when I stood before that throne. But 1 John 4:16 says, "And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love." Nothing I can do will undo God's love. God showed us his agape love through the cross. If we believe in him, we can rely on that love. We can put our trust in it. We become saints in the eyes of God. That message has given me confidence in my salvation. And those who know me well will know that I'm not confident in many things. Being confident in my salvation, knowing I can rely on God, and rely on his agape love for me, has done so much to improve my mental health. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. If you struggle with knowing if you can rely on God's love like I used to, and fear you are not enough, Please meditate on verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. 
Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Meditate on these verses and ask for prayer. Lean and rely on that agape, beautiful love. He's got plenty to go around and loves you so much. He wants you to be all you can be and that can happen if you have confidence in his love. God is love and shows us his love and we can rely on it. Agape is also to be shown among us. Verses 19 to 21 of 1 John tell us that because God loves us and we love him, we're to love one another. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, they cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. We need to and are commanded to show this agape love amongst our brothers and sisters in Christ, not just within the Yas Community Baptist family, but also amongst the whole body of believers. Agape is non-denominational. It's non-political. Agape is not racist or sexist. Agape cannot come from a place of judgment and deciding that others are doing things wrong. If we cannot love those we see, then we cannot love God who we cannot see. This is because agape is unconcerned with self and concerned with the greatest good of another. It isn't born just out of emotions, feelings, familiarity or attraction, but from the will and as a choice. You don't need to have warm, fuzzy feelings about a brother or sister in order for you to show agape to them. You just need to do it. 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. However, we do not draw agape from an empty or stagnant well. If you choose to show love to someone but draw it from a place that is empty or stagnant, how effective do you think that love will be? If you try to show an act of love for someone out of your own need to be doing something, could you sustain it? If our well is full of Christ and full of his love and we draw from that, we can unselfishly love those who we couldn't otherwise and we can sustain it. We can choose to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, even if they are different from ourselves. Our church has chosen to focus on this agape love as our core, loved by Jesus, sent by Jesus, loved like Jesus. We are shown agape. We are sent in agape. We are to show agape, not just to a select few, but to everyone. In our families, in Yas Community Baptist Church, in our community and beyond. We focus on this because this is who God is and what we are called to be. Loved by Jesus, sent by Jesus, loved like Jesus. I've told you some of the ways that we've been showed this agape love. Love that's been unselfish, love that's been shown through choice. Love that's enabled us to survive very hard years. Love that sustained us, enabled us, protected us. The showing of this love has enabled us to continue in various forms of ministry and serving despite our circumstances. I've struggled with anxiety for most of my life. The very thought of getting up in front of the church 
or leading in any way used to give me vomiting, diarrhoea, the shakes and all sorts of other things. I'm able to be up front today. I can teach SRE at the school. I can run a Bible study and be an elder to this church family because of the love that has been shown to me. It's filled me, it's healed me, it's enabled me and it enabled me to serve others. Nick and Carl have been speaking to us about each one of us reaching someone else for God. None of that can be done in isolation. If we all show God's agape love to one another, it fills needs and it enables us to reach others. Being loved by others makes it easier to be able to show love to others. It fills our world to overflowing so that we can show love to others. We can love, be loved by Jesus, sent by Jesus and love like Jesus. One way to show agape is to come to church gatherings here on a Sunday. Choose to come because you are part of the body of Christ. If you want to show agape to others, come and get to know one another. Listen to one another and listen out for one another's needs. It's hard to get to know one another if we only see each other every month or so. We're urged in Hebrews to consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds and to encourage one another. If we meet each week and get to know one another, we can see what needs there are and can work out how to fill them. This comes from choosing and prioritising agape, that selfish, unreliable love. 1 John 4, 7 says, Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. We're to show agape to one another because we believe in him and he is agape and we're to be agape for one another. What are some other ways that we can show God's love to each other? Well, if you are struggling financially, physically or mentally, it can be really hard to consider inviting someone over for a meal. Perhaps your agape could be to cook a meal big enough and give it to someone so that they in turn can invite someone over for dinner. Perhaps your agape could be to donate some groceries or money to enable a family to cook for themselves. Maybe your agape could be to look after someone's children so they can have coffee with a non-Christian friend or enable them to engage in ministry. Perhaps a gift or a note of encouragement for someone who is struggling mentally could make all the difference in the world to that person. Christy did a children's talk a few weeks ago teaching our kids about the ways that we can show love to each other and she taught them four ways to show love. There were acts of service, time, words of encouragement and signs of affection. What a great way to show agape to one another. Another form of agape is tithing. Setting apart a portion of our income thoughtfully and deliberately and giving it to the church. Through it, you show love and care for our Yes Baptist community, enabling us to have a pastor and staff. It also pays for the songs we sing on a Sunday, enables kids' church to run, keeps the lighting going, and most importantly, on a day like today, the heat is going. Our offerings of money pay for ministries around town, SRE, Kids Hope and so on. And through them we show God's love to people in our community. There's really no limit in how you can show agape to one another. We just need to come together ready to serve and to love one another.
God's agape love is so abundant and so generous that it should compel us and drive us to show that love to each other. Agape of any sort requires faithfulness, commitment and sacrifice without expecting anything in return, which can be awfully hard at times. If we're relying on our own capacity to love. But as Christians, we rely on God's capacity to fill our capacity to love. We draw from his well of love, not our own. We also draw our ability to love from each other. When we are loved, we find strength and ability to love others. How much easier is it to reach others if you are coming from a place of love? Imagine a world where each of us got our strength and stamina from God's love and used that to show each other love in return. What could we achieve for God in the Yass Valley if each of us was supported by the love of God through one another? 1 John 4, 17 says, In this world we are like Jesus. He loved us so much that he died for us. You're more than likely not going to be called to that greater sacrifice. But we are called to have his attitude in what we do. Philippians 2.5 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Jesus gave his all for us because he loved us and so we should give all and love each other. We've been shown so much love, not by one person, but many, many people working as one. That is the beauty of how the body of Christ works. Not one person in isolation, but each person playing their part in the whole. Your part in that body might seem insignificant, or you don't feel anyone would notice if you just didn't come on a Sunday morning. But the body of Christ needs all its parts. They all add up to an amazing big whole and they add up to a great impact on the lives of others. My challenge for you then this morning is to fill yourselves up with that agape that God has shown you and to show it to others. Be driven by God's unselfish, reliable, unending love in all you do and show that unselfish, reliable unending love to one another in all that you do. You are loved by Jesus. You are sent by Jesus. You are to love like Jesus. Look for ways to love and serve one another, even at the expense of your own comfort. Be deliberate. Be intentional. Be reliable in showing love to one another. If anyone wants to chat to me more about what I've spoken about this morning, please let me know um, or come and speak to one of the elders for prayer later on. Sometimes in the midst of trials, it's hard to see God's love in it all for ourselves. So we'd love to pray for you if you find yourself in a situation like that. And if you've been shown that amazing agape love by God in some way, we'd love to hear about that too and praise God with you. Um, You can either tell us, this morning through the week pop a comment up on Facebook or something it'd be wonderful to be able to praise God for that amazing love I just want to finish this morning with the words of Jesus from John 13 verse 34 a new command I give you love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples 
if you love one another. So I just close in prayer. Lord, I pray for each one of us that we will know that incredible love that you showed us on the cross. If there's anyone here that has not accepted that love for themselves, I pray that they don't leave here today without asking you to come into their hearts and to fill them with your love. And that is unselfish, reliable, unending agape love. I pray that each one of us finds confidence in that love, a confidence that will drive us to show that beautiful agape love to one another. I pray for anyone who's feeling unloved, that they will know that love for themselves and that you will show us how to love that person. Let us find ways to show your love to each other, whatever that might look like. But let us be deliberate, intentional and reliable in showing agape love to one another. Thank you for sending your son to live and die for us, showing us how we are to love one another. We thank you again and again for that love you have for us. And we look forward to our reward in heaven when we can praise you and love you forever. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in his word, stay in his love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.